Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, we made it to Friday. It has been a long week, but it's been a good one at that, and we're going to end it on a high note here. We've got the one and only... Witch. In studio Yes, today. queens and, and kings. And, and we've got a good friend of yours. Yeah, we have Brian Miller here. He's a stand-up comedian. What don't you do, Brian? You're big on, you do movie reviews. You've been on a bajillion podcasts. You're on radio. What don't you do is the real question. Honest work. That's, That's the main thing I try to avoid is honest work. <laughs> but yeah, true. if it's talking, if it's sitting, if it's opinionating, watching, that, that's the sort of thing I specialize in. Yeah, you got Oh, good for you. <laughs> oh, Grant, whose I fingers do. are bleeding over there. I know, I do the same thing. I know, right? Grant's parents used to own a golf course, and so he actually knows, he'll be like, it's better than, the, you go back and forth, though. Oh, yeah, oh, I miss, I loved it. I loved the golf courses, but it was a lot of manual labor and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of time, like, but yeah, yeah. It's nice here. If you have a headache, you can drink water, a lot of water yeah. and kind of hang Stay out. Stay out um, of the 90 degree humidity as well, too. It's nice. Uh, Brian Miller, you have some shows coming up in Acme as well, right? Yes, I will be headlining at Acme Comedy Company August 30th 30th and 31st and September 1st and 2nd. Uh, That's the weekend right before the holiday. Yeah. Uh, I'll be headlining shows, and then I'll be back on the following Wednesday, uh, September 7th. Uh, I'll be running the Acme's Funniest Person in the Twin Cities contest. They'll be doing the big finals, giving away $1,000 to the funniest amateur. Are you... Maybe judging? I, yeah, somebody told me I was a judge for that. I should I probably hope so. look into it. You should probably look into it. Which, like, I've, I'm kind of a pushover. I would love that. Look at you. That's well, they're all funny. Fun. Here's the thing about the finals. When, yeah. By the time they get down to the finals at Acme, all five contestants are really funny. And, like, so anybody performing in front of me, I have stage mom disease where I want them to succeed. But so, you have to pick one that succeeds a little more oh, no. than the others. Oh, no. I, yeah, you just all of a sudden made me realize that I think I. Rudy may have mentioned that I'm. I, I think I have like the pre 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 like it's I'm not the final ladies. No oh, no they have like 15 judges in the yes, final so exactly. it's, a, it's, it's oh okay yeah, so you'll be fine. You're, okay. you're not like the deciding you know your career is over. I know? just can't pretend like I would know like you know what I mean because comedy has such an art to it like it's like mm. what a comedian that whole um, like ebb and flow and and, and the um, the cadence. Like, yeah. I can't pretend like I would know, but can if I just simply say if I've man off the street or woman off the street, what's funny or not? I don't. Well, these are amateurs, so it's not like you're, you know, they're, they're, they're first year in comedy, so the nuances aren't well, as also, I incredible. Also, I don't want to, like, smush their, okay, why am I they're acting already, like I have a... Here's the thing, they're already, they've already won by getting to the finals. That, they've got to do three shows at Acme, they get to do, I mean, we're always sold yeah. out for the finals, they get to do at least two shows with me, that's pretty cool. Lucky. And, uh, and they get prizes, everybody gets a, a good prize. Okay, uh, cool. So, everybody wins, it's totally fine, it's a very fun night, and uh, I always look forward to, uh, to hosting that. That's super fun. Okay, and if people want to follow you, they can find you. Yeah, at Funny Brian Miller on Instagram and at Real Brian Miller on Twitter for the nine people who are still on Twitter. Um, it's actually pronounced X now. How dare yeah, you? Yeah, right. I'm going with Twitter. Right? Well, who? you still go to Twitter.com. I know. And still tweet. Yeah. I get actually confused because when it's up on my tab, I'm like, what the heck am I buying right now? And then I'm like, oh, that's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to fast track. You and I know each other very well. I want to fast track, uh, you know, you and Grant and everybody's relationship with you by asking asking some questions that I, I 
Googled the most obnoxious thing. I said, how to get to know someone fast. All right. So what is your favorite season, Brian Miller? Oh, summer, for sure. I'm a summer guy. I would not have thought that about you. I'm from Kentucky originally. You know, I was born down in the heat. And you're not a short wearer. No, no, I wear long black jeans all summer long. I sit outside at the the canteen. That's my my hangout spot in Minneapolis. I love the canteen. I sit on the patio in like 100 degree weather and I drink hot tea and my black jeans oh, and I write jokes. You're like that's a lizard person. Yeah. Awful. I mean, I love summer's my favorite too. I just would not have Yours is as well? Oh yeah. I'm not a big I hate the cold. Same Fall's cool. The Fall's only, fine. the only downside to fall Everyone is, likes fall. Is that it doesn't winter's need more love. I know. Exactly. Fall doesn't need more love. It's I'm a Halloween fun. guy though. You know I'm a horror movie guy. That's so I true. love I love my Halloween. Okay. Well, the next one was what's your favorite holiday? We got Halloween. that. What is your favorite board game, Brian Miller? Um, drinking while other people play a board game. You're not like a settler's of <laughs> no. Catan. I hate no. to put you in like a little like box. I don't settle for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> This is what we're paying the big bucks for. <laughs> if, I could wa- if it was Wanderers of Catan, Drunkards of Catan, I could do, but I'm settling Postul- sounds like a, Postulators a of, of Catan, yes. you could kill. Yeah, yeah, Opiners of Catan. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, you know, I, I think I'd probably have to go with the old Robin Hood. Oh, like Robin the Hood's Fox? the Fox? Yeah. Big fan of that one. Oh. That's a classic. Wow. Interesting. I don't even know if I've fully seen. Like, I think, you know how you've, like, it's come in your... Zeitgeist, so many times you go, have I watched the whole thing? I don't know. Yeah, Is they, it follow the same story? Oh, yeah. And it's got uh, some great songs and stuff. Baloo is kind of like uh, John, uh, whatever, uh, the John guy, his oh, sidekick yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, it's got some great songs. They used to run it on Wide Wonderful World of Disney. You know, they, they wouldn't put those movies in video stores. They'd run them on Sunday nights. Our family. ABC. Oh, I remember the Sunday night Disney movie. Yeah. Yes. So you had to catch the, the Robin Hood when it was on because that was your only chance. Yeah. Remember those intros? They were epic, too. Oh, gosh. Yes, I remember that. Our family was really into Robin Hood Men in Tights. Sure. And Ro- uh, Dave Chappelle is in it. Yeah. And it, there's a song where men were men in tight, tight, tight. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know why. My dad only owned like three VHSs and we'd get shipped to his house once a year. <laughs> that was one we'd watched constantly. So like, I think that ended up filling my uh, Robin Hood quota. Um, one more. Does this spark a memory? Yeah. This is from the Robin Hood Fox. This is one of the songs. I, don't know. Like I believe a- that is Steve Miller, by the way. Really? Or not Steve, Steve but Roger Miller. Roger Miller, the king of the road. Yes. Which is also impressive, but less yeah. impressive than Steve Miller. You shot too close to the sun there. We're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when somebody overguesses something, we're like, Bro, how much you think this is worth? Roger Miller is way cooler than Steve Miller. He's the king of the road. Which is, I mean, that's a bold statement. Um, And then one more thing. What is... I don't. I think I know your guilty pleasure is probably alcohol of some sort. <laughs> I'm not guilty about it. Man. I know, right? What's your? Are you a karaoke? Do you have a go-to karaoke song? No, I don't like to karaoke. In fact, uh, I so don't like to sing. I'm a bad singer. When I was trying to start stand up, and I had to get over stage fright, I would make myself go karaoke because I'm such a bad singer in front of no one you knew, right? No, yeah, exactly. So you like, show up at a place you know, and you wouldn't like yeah. bring a bunch well, of friends. I go with like a couple, if I knew some friends were going, I yeah. would go with them. But I would make myself sing. Just because the humiliation of that yeah. made then the stand-up feel less bad yeah. at the beginning. That actually makes sense to me. I yeah. feel like, and I like getting my heart rate up, and it rarely happens nowadays because my shame is just non-existent. Right. <laughs> my song, um, though, was Bad Moon Rising by Creedence Clearwater. All right. I can hit the notes in that all right. Some CCR, okay. Yeah. Um, or wait, no, you said, yeah, Bad Moon Rising. Okay. Uh, side note, 
We've got something exciting. We want to give away tickets, and we are the type that are instant gratification people. So yeah. Are we going to do it right now? Let's do it now. You yeah. told me I could do it whenever, and I, I say, like it. now, we're giving away tickets to the Lumineers. It's pretty exciting because you're going to get them August 29th. It's like right around the corner. It's on a Tuesday. Somerset Amphitheater. It's going to be Ooh. amazing. Let's do, give me a number, Lowish. Four. Fourth, be caller four. Be the fourth caller. Love it. Uh, and you will win yourself tickets to the Lumineers. And that number is six five one six four one one zero seven one. Of course it is. Let's All right, team. We got a lot more uh, to talk about. Pink was here, and we have about and Pat Benatar we and Pat. Ben- I know, right? The, like that's such a wild combination. What a queen! That we've yeah. got a lot of resources. If you went to the show, I wouldn't mind you calling and telling us too. But we'll get to that. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, Pink is was in town, and I guess it was phenomenal. We'll be back. Grant here for Hoffman Weber Construction, your hometown experts when it comes to siding, windows, roofing, doors, gutters, and even solar for over 30 years. So if you're thinking about doing a nice exterior home facelift, the guys over at Hoffman Weber Construction can take care of you. Now, we're in the dog days of summer here. It's almost over. You're getting those vacations in. You want to go up to the cabin before, maybe the state fair, all the things that you need to do before the kiddos go back to school or summer is over. Well, the best thing about it is you can take the time to do that. Well, the crew at Hoffman Weber Construction take care of all your home's needs. So whether it's siding or roofing, windows, doors, like I said, they're going to be there to take care of you and walk you through the process from start to finish. And they're not going to do a one-stop high-pressure sale. Like I said, they're going to take their time to make sure that you're getting the best investment possible because it's a big investment. And sometimes, you know, we may have some severe weather that comes through town and no one wants to deal with the insurance companies. Well, they will handle that from start to finish for you. There's not a better crew over at Hoffman Weber Construction to handle your home needs. Start out at hwconstruction.com for more information. You're listening to My Talk 1071, where talk is fun. Lori and Julia, sans Lori and Julia. I'm Brittany. We got Brian Grants here. All the big major players in radio, I like to call us. <laughs> the BGB. There you go. Brittany I'm the number Grant. one third wheel. That's my... Uh... Yeah, right? I'll take it. I'm usually the number one third wheel. Um, okay. Pink was in town and holy buckets. Did you watch any of the footage from her show? I didn't, but I mean, she put on one of the best Super Bowl halftime shows of all time. She's in like the top five all time. That was incredible. So I've always had the mindset, Pink's music, I like. I'm not obsessed, but I yeah. like. It's good. It's, it's fine. good. Yeah. And I would say she's a great artist. There's nothing about her that I don't like. I'm not like, I, I didn't have, the especially after Taylor Swift, I didn't, for me personally, after dropping money on Taylor Swift, it was like, okay, I would probably, it would have been, gone, I would have gone to Beyonce in Pink if it was all spread out nicely. But I didn't. I actually regret it because the footage that came from the Target field, I mean, and you know that she does all the aerial stuff, right? Oh, she, I mean, she's more to me of a live performer. That's the number one thing about her. It's yeah. a combination of the music and the dance and the spectacle and almost like stunts. It's oh. like Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. It really is because I know that she does the aerial thing. Like my brain totally knows that. I saw a clip. Of everybody, and that was Target Field, open, um, you know, suspend, huge. I saw a clip where everybody in, like, the, you know, least expensive seating, so, like, the dream sheet, like, the the highest in the stadium, all got to see her face. Whoa. Like, that's, think about Target Field. And we posted it on the Lori and Julia show page, so head on over to My Talk 1071, click on Lori and Julia. We posted, it's a video where you go, I got goosebumps. I saw it like three times and I watched it again. Literally, she like saw face to face with everybody on the top row. And she's it's it's just around her waist. It's just a harness. And she's singing upside down. Like, 
it, it blew my mind. And you know what? That, that, do you remember that musical Spider-Man turn off the dark? <laughs> yeah, like more, more yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, where they kept breaking people's legs because yes. people kept getting stuck in the harnesses yes. and hanging in the air. Yeah, I think that the existence of that famous failed musical makes me appreciate Pink so much more. That like you never hear like, oh, Pink was hanging from the rafters for forty-five minutes last night, but then she then she got back out there to get let's get this party started. Or right? Something, you know? Like they talked about in Broadway, they're like the quickest way to end your career be Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, so because think about like the the things that could go wrong. Yeah. I mean, and I'm just falling to getting stuck. I mean, she is way up there. I like, mean, it's incredible. It it really is. And again, you think you like I've seen it all. We we've all feel like there's it's rare something impresses us, especially via video. You're watching mm. watching this video again. Go to our show page. I think we retweeted it. I think we all the things for Lori and Julia. It's wild. Um, there was a write up. John Bream wrote up about it, saying that it. It was incredible. I mean, just to give a fireworks, somersaults, aerial choreography, singing upside down, offering her 2001 party starter. She starts off by falling 70 feet, just like on these bungee cords. 70 feet. Like you you hear that, you go, you mean like 20, 30? Like it's just so, my brain can't fathom all that while singing. There should be a different word for what she does because I don't feel like something like musician or singer, like doesn't. It doesn't and, capture the enormity of what she's doing. Yeah. So, like, they're saying that it was a 110-minute performance. When I hear that, it's like, do I really, very honestly, if I'm going to be very honest with you, Brian, nobody's listening, right? I can just be super honest. Sure. Get the party started. I don't ever need to hear that song ever again. No, no. It's just one of those, yeah, it's there's certain songs that you just go, it was good, and we're done now. We're done. I hope yeah. we're done now. Like the entire catalog of the Black Eyed Peas. We can just retire it. Okay, calm down now. <laughs> Some of that stuff, you're that on the right run. You're like, Oof. okay, all right. I'll but. run if I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like a part of me goes when I when these tickets came out, I'm like, ah, you know. And there there's some songs that Pink does sing that I love, like um, "Cover Me in Sunshine" is mm-hmm. such. I mean, it's so beautiful. But I, I a lot of her big ones, I go, I whatever. But when you tie it up with what she's doing, it's insane like you're like you said it has to have its own category people are comparing it to taylor swift comparing it to beyonce and it's like you can't compare these things like taylor swift has the cult and i am a proud member as you know i am swiftianity all hail like i'm fine with that like beyonce i mean she's just got the voice and the body and the outfit. all these crazy alien stories can't be true can they hey it's steven diener host of the unidentified alien podcast and whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or uap for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
pink, whatever the heck you're doing, we do need to give it its own category. Yeah, because like, I don't pink is it's kind of like dance music that's like weird to listen to in your car. But then if you're like at like a rave or something, you're like, this is the coolest thing. It's, yeah, it's like you got to see hear pink while you're watching pink do all that stuff. I'm not like I'll listen to Beyonce in the car. Yeah, I'm not going to put a pink CD into my CD player. But I bet all those songs take on a completely new character when you see them with the performance. Absolutely. I they broke a record. She uh, had a new attendance that was originally set in 2015 by a Kenny Chesney and Jason Aldean show, which was 44,152. They don't have the exact numbers now, but last I checked, they were saying it was around 44,000, which means it's probably like mid, it's probably 500 more than that or so. Try that in a small town, Pink. Speaking <laughs> of Jason Aldean. Take that. Like when <laughs> I were attacking Mr. Aldean. Oh, oh, by the way, I was like, Jason Aldean, I'll just try that in a small town. Here's my problem with this stuff, right? Is uh, it, People always, when you talk to people from the suburbs, they're always like, I'm afraid to go to Minneapolis. I'm going to get carjacked. I'm going to get mugged. I don't even know how people live there. But then when I go on the road and I tell people from a small town where I'm from, like, oh, one of those city wimps, huh? It's like, but which is it? Because you're afraid to drive through the neighborhood that I live in. You know, like yeah. you're in a military grade truck and I'm stoned on a rented bike. I don't think it's quite comparable. <laughs> you're, not, you're saying they're not interchangeable. I don't think they are. Um, Mark Rosen tweeted out, Pink had more hits in five minutes at Target Field than the Twins had today in Detroit. Ooh. Ouch. Whoa. That was that was unnecessary. Shots fired. Yeah. Mark Rosen. How dare you? Rosie, Rosie, Rosen. Um, so, yeah, I uh, we got a review from Lori. She went. She's going to give us the full review when she comes back on Monday. But she said that. It was stuff of goosebumps. What she did was insane. She was doing, including one arm push ups in the middle of a song. She also had this great anecdote where she went to Mall of America and she was uh, doing back to school shopping. And her, uh, one of the people said, You kind of look like pink. It was one of those <laughs> moments, you know? So, all in all, if you went to this show, we'd love if you called in, give us a rundown. I know I didn't do it any justice, but color me impressed, pink. Absolutely. Also, a great time to be reusing all your Barbie pink is going to these concerts. Oh, so. nice. I know. Price per wear. It's girl math. We'll be back on My Talk 1071. We have another special guest coming in. Lori and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. Here's an interesting question from one of our listeners, Ann. She wants to know, can I stop my spouse from divorcing me? Well, the simple answer is no. <laughs> because we're a no-fault divorce state and you don't need a reason for a divorce, if one party wants a divorce and the other does not, the divorce will move forward. Unfortunately, these are things that you have to deal with, and that's when sometimes we're dealing with the emotional aspect. We have a lot of clients where we have to work through that to get to the point where they're understanding and engaged to get to a good settlement and accept what's going to happen. Since she didn't want the divorce, can she make her spouse pay her attorney's fees? Not necessarily. The basis to ask for the other party to pay your attorney's fees is legally under need-based or conduct-based, and both are established on a case-by-case basis. Boy, there's a lot of details with a divorce, and so this is why you should go see Ann Tressler. For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to TresslerLaw.com or use my talk keyword divorce. See myself memorizing that one. I think I'm gonna let that one pass. I think I'll just be the person who does watermelon, watermelon, and clean it. So, all right. Uh, Brittany here for Lori and Julia. We've got Brian, we've got Grant, we have everybody, and we have Mark calling in. He's actually gonna do justice. Mark, did you go to the pink show? I did go to the pink show. Tell me everything. That this is my second. Pink concert. The first one was with Justin Timberlake back in the day, and she puts on a phenomenal show. 
Okay, so first off, what do you call pink fans? Because, like, I'm a Swifty. What do we call? I don't even know. I don't want to call you a pinkette. I don't want to offend the community. I love I love Taylor Swift too, but I mean I don't know I don't know what you call a pink pinkies. They should be pinkies. Like, pinkies, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be a pinky. <laughs> Mark's not. Oh, you'll go to the pink show, but you're too good to be a pinky. Come on, Mark. Mark, yeah, I'm with you. In. I refuse to offend the pink community. <laughs> um, okay, so tell me tell me what was the highlight of the show if you can pick one. She did aerials, but I'm telling you, her ballads, her voice. It seems like it gets better and better and better and better as she gets older. Her ballads were phenomenal. Was Cover Me Ariel? Did and Cover Me in Sunshine? Did you get all goosebumpy? It did, and I, I did. It was wonderful. Where were it your, was wonderful. Where were your seats, Mark? I was on the main floor. Ooh. Okay, all right, Mark. I see you're a high roller. Must be nice. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for, for the review. I felt like I wasn't doing the Pinkettes community. We'll work on it. We'll work on the name. You and I will. I didn't think, I think you did them justice. Cause Pinkos? I, Pinkos? It kind of means something could reclaim I it. I honestly feel like you have one more try and then you're out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, we wow. love you so much. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. Bye. Um, awesome. I'm so glad somebody called in from the show, Grant. Thanks for doing that. Uh, we've yeah. got another. We just have a comedian standoff. I think I'm just grabbing you guys from Acme at this point. We have Robert Burrell. He's at Acme this weekend. He's got a show. You've got a show tonight, seven and nine thirty, and then tomorrow, seven and nine thirty. Correct. Yes, and I also have Pat Benatar opening for me as well. <laughs> Is it, that it was a, she was a hard get, but I, I was just as surprised as everybody. She said but, cancelable material, by the way. I was abs- shocked at some of the topics she dove into. Absolutely, yeah. She's and, been coming under a lot of fire lately. But. Well, I mean, the thing is, yeah, she's not playing her her big hit, right? Is what you're talking about? Oh, I just hit me with your best shot. For, yeah, okay, but did you know this, Brian? Yeah. She doesn't do hit me with your best shot. No, because she thinks it's too controversial right now. Yeah, that's the face I made too. Like, like a gun thing. Yeah, but but you don't hit someone. I mean, like, I mean, ah, we could break it down all we want. I, I never took "hit me with your best shot" to be in any capacity, even really much of a gun or bullet metaphor. To me, it was like, "Hey, hit me, hit me, tell me something." Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was like shoot your shot. Like, if you have a crush yeah. on somebody, like hit me with your best shot. But. Um, well, she can't pass any gun reform legislation. This is her small is- way of contributing <laughs> to the cause. She's not She's not a governor. She's not going to run for the Senate. This is her small way of... Um, unless the Senate is split 50-50, in which case, as we all know, Pat Benatar comes in to cast the deciding vote as that, mandated by the Constitution. That, that, yeah, so, like, yeah. what is your guys' sacrifices, huh? Like, I'm going to quit carrying any big purses. Like, that'll be my mm-hmm. closest thing to a sacrifice. What are you guys going to do as stand-up comedians, hmm? Oh, that's a, well. I I do joke a lot about gun violence. Uh, I'll stop shouting duck in public. I never should have started, but it does rattle a lot of people. And I'm going to put the kibosh on that. I'm going to stop shouting goose after you do that. I was going to say, <laughs> in your defense, you your Instagram is just littered with ducks. It's just filthy with ducks. Yep. Yep. Speaking Real of duck heavy, your Instagram handle is Instagram comedy. Yep. And is that because you feel like an old man, or is there a story behind oh, that? Oh, he's a grandpa. I am a legit step-grandpa. My, yeah. uh, I have a, a beautiful wife, Becky, and she was a she was a grandmother uh, going into it. I joke in my act, a lot of people start their own family. I got mine used. And so <laughs> by marrying into it, I became a step-grandpa. So then the handle <laughs> was a, a no-brainer. So it's Instagrampa. So if it's not jokes about ISIS or... Uh, you know, pro-choice stuff or, you know, terrorism, politics. Okay. I'm not quite sure what I can say on, on this station as opposed to the podcast and stuff. But um, so if it's not that, then it's jokes about being a step-grandpa. 
Well, that's the great delight of Burrell is that he's he's very erudite. He talks a lot about like public affairs and stuff. But then you you see on his Instagram and it's like he's at a kids' t ball game. You know, yeah, it but is pretty funny. Yeah, or like one of the several birthday parties every month. <laughs> right? that, that we're never many, more than three weeks away from a birthday party in the, how the family. Many, how many grandkids do you have? you call them step grandkids? I feel like you can just call. I them just grandkids. go grand. I mean, for the sake of comedy, I say step, but I feel like that would probably hurt their feelings in like just regular conversation. No, you are step. You are not biological. <laughs> yeah, like that wouldn't be good for the psyche. I have stepbrothers and sisters. We've always stayed on the, this is my stepbrother. Oh, really? Yeah. I have stepbrothers and sisters, but we all just say brother and sister. What age did you become a step? Fairly young. My brother and I like shared a room in junior high. Okay. Mine was eighth grade. So I feel like we'd already. I was like fifth grade-ish. I don't know. Maybe we just have, I've really, maybe I am that jerk that's going around being like your step well, <laughs> make sure you I'm don't get too step. close yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only step in my family in oh. that regard so actually they're being nice by not throwing the step and in. they might not say it behind your back I don't think I think they're right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna be all paranoid I'm gonna, I'm gonna go text my mom and see yeah. what people talk about when I'm not around <laughs> don't do that trust no. me it's better not to know and how many uh, grandkids do you have uh, so there are let's see I think five now something like that I want to I'm pretty sure the answer is five Okay. It's yeah. enough that they're hard to keep count of. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's definitely, and it it, it it's wonderful. Like, cause I only, I get to play with them for a little bit. And then if something goes wrong or there's a leaking situation or something, then I can just hand them off. And so it's a nice sort of, you get the little kid fixed without any of the actual responsibilities. So it's, it's nice. Cause people are like, well, don't you, wouldn't you ever want biological children? I'm like, no, I don't. That seems like way too much work for me. So <laughs> with this way, it's just like the work. birthday party. I get to hang out a little bit and then, you know, uh, not have to worry about raising them. And it's great for your act, too, because... Oh, that, yeah. Which is, you, at the end of the day, the most important. Of course. It is. Uh, because yeah. it gives you this whole other thing to talk about that's sort of different than what people might think for the the other stuff that you talk about. And yeah. so you have this whole relatable section, and then you can bring mm-hmm. it into politics, and you can combine the two, which I think is... It, Essential. Yeah, I can I can pivot from Bill Maher to Ray Romano <laughs> like that. Once I realize I've lost almost everybody with the Prophet Muhammad bit, and then it's like, oh, well, did, did I mention I have grandkids? Everybody, and then it's Please like, come back. and Please. then I then I pivot. Yeah. Do you feel out the room? Both of you guys as comedians. Do you guys have? Because like as a non comedian in in the world, I assume you guys have a written bit that you're going to do no matter what. But do you feel out the room and then pivot accordingly? Then. Well, I mean, I'll answer first on LeBron because we might have different approaches. I think I've gotten a lot better at just sitting in it now. When I was younger and I could sense some pullback, I'd, there was that always that desire to like please them and make them happy as an audience. So I think the instinct was to, to pivot sooner. And no, I'm not. I, I can sense some uncomfortability. But now as I've gotten older and, and more seasoned, and I don't know if it's like an apathy or just getting better at it, but now I'm much more comfortable kind of sitting in it, riding out the awkwardness. And I think it also helps that I'm taking positions on uh, the bits that like, no, I I am in the right. I am, I am in the right on this. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, you know, so you might yeah. disagree with the joke, but just kind of sitting in it. And I mean, I'll... I feel like, you know, pushing an audience for 35 minutes seems like a good compromise. And I'll pull the ripcord for the last six or seven yeah. and, and go with more palatable stuff. But um, I've I've gotten a lot better at just kind of like staying putting my foot down yeah. and staying the course with the, the topic I'm talking about. Absolutely. The only difference is that sometimes like if it's more by venue, like if you're in a small town bar in Wisconsin, and you just go like, there's just a few of these things. They're just not going to know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm more likely to pivot away from that. Just being like, the, 
This just doesn't apply. That's just not interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not even. They're not even going to be mad. They're just not going to get it. Or if yeah. like it's a really old crowd, it's just not there. Like they're not yeah. following that. Yeah. Like new. I I respect that because there's things where I just go. I'm just not. That's just not on my radar. And that's definitely an important distinction. And that shows like a, a level of awareness you get the more you do it. Because I think the instinct early on when you're young is like, oh, those guys, those guys just don't get me. You're like, I'm too edgy. Like, no, they just literally do not know what you're talking about. And you didn't really do a joke, so it's. It's not like, you know, you're the you're the new Anthony Jeselnik. It's they didn't understand a word you were saying. Yeah, one of my openers, uh, Grant Winkles, who's amazing. He works with both of us. He's uh, really early on. He did. This, he's a very funny joke about rap. And then he got off stage and he did great. And this one joke didn't do well. And he goes. You know, I'm starting to think these six-year-old people don't know the rap lyrics I'm referencing. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, but I've had that same realization where it's like, yeah, it's it's not it's not a pushback. It's a lack of connection, which is a fundamentally yeah, different just, thing. You know, they can only do so much in a day. Yeah. If I'm reading about this, I'm not reading about that. And I think knowing that and respecting that shows extreme growth and... But it probably it does at the end of the day. It's probably nice to just say, I'm above them. There are probably moments where that's like a good band-aid. Yeah, I mean, we all have those moments where we realize the rap lyrics they don't get. But then you have the moments where you go, they don't like this. And and then I think Robert and I are very similar. We go, well, that's a shame because that's what they're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see that in both of you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I love all the behind the scenes dirt with like niche little communities. And we talk about this, like the per my last email things that like, you know, how to throw shade in a different little niche community. I want to know when we get back, what are the ways you guys throw shade at each other? Like we've got, you know, promoting in the green room on stage. And after the show, I want to know what are the things you should do if you like somebody and the things they kind of do that maybe when now when we go watch stand up comedy, we go, oh, that person doesn't like that. Per-. We wouldn't catch normally. We'll be back here. My talk. One oh seven one. Hey, guys, Lori and Julia here for First Equity Mortgage. I played tennis last night with a friend of mine that always um, relies on David. Like he's a realtor. And whenever whenever she sees First Equity, she like always le- Viewers or clients to these people to you know sell a house to because she knows it will get done right. People have a lot of questions right now about mortgages, about debt, um, you know the high high rates on credit cards, and I pay mine off all the time. But for some reason, payment was late and it was forty dollars, and I'm like, yeah, I can't even imagine if you get behind month over month. Yeah, that was one of the things like Rebecca Jarvis did. She's like, if you have even five thousand dollars in credit card debt and you have any equity in your home, you need to remortgage, even if it is at a higher percent, because you're paying so much. Because seven is different than twenty eight or whatever it's at right now. I don't even know. Twenty four or something like that. Call Mm -hmm. first equity today 763-251-5000 and keyword Dave you're listening to my talk 107 one Lori and Julia sans Lori and Julia you know what everyone needs a break am I Lori or Julia today oh <laughs> question of the day because <laughs> I got to be one of them I don't know I mean who are you that's the that's other- the thing is I could never pick hmm. like these are my two favorite people in the world don't tell Tom Bernard he'll kill sure. me um <laughs> But don't worry, he probably will for other reasons anyways. <laughs> Rest in peace. Margo, I love you. Um, but I don't know who I... Like, normally, I mm. tap in whoever I'm with, I become the other. Like, I'm a right. more chaotic person yeah. with Lori. Sure. And I have to be more grown up. I guess in this scenario, since I am reading... I'm Lori. You're Lori, yep. You're Julia. All right, mm-hmm. I'm down. It's They're both epic. Yeah. I always just don't feel like I can say... I guess... 
We've got Robert Burrell. Robert, you're just Robert. Sorry. Am I one of the car guys? I don't know how this works. <laughs> Which, uh... <laughs> Am I one of the car? Okay. Click and clack. Yeah. Um, Robert Burrell, he's at Acme this weekend, 7 and 9.30 tonight and tomorrow. Hilarious. Instagram puff. you want to follow him. We were talking about like the subtle ways. When you go, when you go to a baseball game, this is something I learned recently. If a pitcher hits a batter, they have to touch their cap or like, you know, give it a little tilt to say, hey, I'm sorry. That's their, their way of saying, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do sure. that. I saw we. And if they don't do that, the batter can get real mad. Like, you should be sorry. Rawr. That's how they fight in baseball. <laughs> I like, yeah. I, I, like I like your interpretation of the internal monologues of athletes, by I the way. We. It's I saw we <laughs> and roar. I didn't, I didn't mean to hit you. I was just trying my hottest. Mike Tyson is the internal. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's for like, sure. First off, you need to do this with a Cuban accent. Just for, I, for I, I, I cannot on like four reasons why. That's true. That's true. Um, so I wanted to know, like, especially because now, of course, everybody who is listening is going to want to go to your shows, Rob. Robert, tell us some of I, you. Know, I've got two stand-up comedians here. I want to know the behind-the-scenes, the per my last email, shady stuff that you can do in comedy. We're going to start out promoting. When you guys promote on your social media, like what's the go-to? Do you say the headliner first, or like what? What is a way that? What is the way you're supposed to do it in like a copacetic relationship? Uh, well, first off, I think just a huge caveat for all of this is I think a lot of comics are like very insecure in the first place. And Mm -hmm. so I think they are almost trigger, trigger happy with like, oh, was I slighted? Was that? (laughs) And I think with so many comics, we spend so much time in our brain. Yeah. Anyway, where I remember when I first started, if there were the headliner was coming up and I was emceeing and he didn't like shake my hand or fist bump or then I would just think like, oh, did I screw up? Did I? But now that I that it's kind of like full circle, I'm headlining like now in my head, I'm like, OK, should I put this before this bit? How well mm-hmm. did that thing go? And he's so I'm not even paying attention. Like, yeah. it's not that I don't like the MC or want to passive aggressively snub him or anything. It's just I'm so caught up in my own stuff that I'm just not as aware of of how I'm coming off. But, and- in reality, I mean, like in the most beautiful world, we'd all remember that that's most of the time everyone's in their own head. Oh, yeah. But it's like, part of the the narcissism and self-involvement but, that, yeah. But you guys have this like traditional thing you do where it takes 20 minutes to start because you have to thank every person. Now, if you don't like somebody, will you skip their name? Like, let's say you're following, you know, I'm, I, I, I started out and Brittany's starting and then Brian. Like, if you don't like me, would you be like, would you say Thanks, Brittany, for hosting. Or uh, would you even mention me? Like, what would be the way to shade that person? I think it's a waste of time. Honestly, I, I think you should just come out and start your act. I don't think you need really? to do a lot of thanking people. Yeah. Beforehand. The only time I've even like, I think sometimes if it's a matter of like building momentum again, depending on how the last set went, mm-hmm. I think there's some where it's like, hey, keep it going. Really just like make some noise. So I'm not starting out to dead silence. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, I think just starting the set, especially. I think like when you're so uncomfortable when you're brand new and then you see everybody else do it. So it's almost like this coping mechanism yeah. of like, hey, keep it going. And then keep it. It's like you only have three minutes. You just yeah. spent 30 <laughs> seconds. That's of why it. I say it's a waste of time. It's, yeah. This is valuable time. This yeah. is your time. Use it. I mean, and then I'm not offended. Then when I'm done, it's not my time anymore. Someone now uses their time and it's got nothing. To do I will with say me. it's it's slightly counterintuitive, I would say, for the average civilian. But I, I Brian does this a lot at Acme. I do it occasionally, too is if I do go up and I think of a joke that's a callback to something the previous comic said, maybe it's razzing them a little bit, but kind of like, 
referencing them. I think that's as opposed to the opposite of a snub. I think that's just like a little wink. Like, I see you, brother. Like, I see what you were doing. Like, I'll add on that a little bit. So that's Whereas, like friend on friend. Yeah. yeah so even though it's, it's a usually comic. spiteful. I mean, I yeah, always yeah. <laughs> make fun of the person at an open mic who just went up before me. But then I like when the person after me makes fun of me. Yeah. It, it, not acknowledging it is way worse than the meanest dig. Yeah. Because so. like, yeah, you don't want to act like it's compartmentalized. It's that your love language is teasing. Yes. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So if there was a comic uh, in front of me that I just didn't stand at all, I just wouldn't reference it and I would just start the set. That's yeah. like your version of cold shoulder. Yeah. And off stage, it's also like the more you make fun of somebody, it's that's your friend. It's like yeah. if I don't like somebody, I don't make fun of them to their face. Yeah. I, I probably don't say anything funny about them. I just gripe about them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but there, but now the other thing is you do like to mess with your friends. And that's the people you like to mess with. So the way that you mess with your friends, kind of the the snark that you're talking about, is uh, like right before they go on stage, you go, ah, you'll get them. You know, yeah. play, that's a fun one. Or, uh, you know, ah, you know, they just they just weren't paying attention. You know, they just did, they didn't get you. Or the best is when you stand in the back of the room and your friend's joke doesn't work. Just laugh as loud as you can. It's the best. I, I love oh. when I have a joke with bombs yeah. and I hear like Robert or Mike Lester or Nate Abshire just crack up in the back because like. No, nothing's funnier than your friend bombing. Yeah. It's the best. It's objectively funny. Like, yeah. even on, that, that's happened to me, too, and I'll start smiling, and it's kind of like, okay, again, it's just like a band of brothers thing. Like, we've all been there. We all get it, and so it's, yeah, it's 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 sort of a, a camaraderie thing. I think, I think someone it, who's not good struggle is actually uncomfortable. Like, new yeah. people, yeah. I don't root for new people to bomb. I don't, it's unpleasant, but it's like, Robert's a headliner. He does very well. So it's when he's not yeah. going well, it's funny because it's like, woof, usually you do well, but they didn't like that joke. And- I Sometimes I objectively find it funny when I am bombing too. Like, like there's, you're in the moment laughing all Yeah, already. there's been times where it's it's been dead silent for like six months. I'm like, I, I know this stuff is funny. And then I almost like laugh at it, not just like yeah. staring at the vacant faces like, no, I didn't get one of you guys with that. Really? Not. Is it ever so bad you leave the stage early? No. No, I've had that happen to me, though. Like they said, done, you go. Yeah, I was working at a house of comedy and uh, Jay Moore was headlining. And he's after a half hour, he's just like, I'm out. And I was they like ran in to get me because the show was over. And I guess he kind of threw me under the bus a little bit saying that, uh, oh, no MC, real professional or whatever. But the manager was like, no, you were good. I, I hadn't even lit him yet. Like he was at 30 minutes. So. Uh, I haven't done. I'm almost a glutton for punishment. I think Brian's kind of the same <laughs> yeah. where it's like, yeah. you know what? I'm going over my time. Oh, None yeah. of us are going to be happy. I am now yeah. doing 75 minutes. Yeah. The only time that I want to get off stage early is usually when it's going just like kind of okay. You know, yeah. when, that's the mm-hmm. hardest show because if, if they don't like you, then you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, it's like it's freedom. freedom. Yeah. It's yeah. like and that. Mm-hmm. If they love you, then it's great. It's when they're like, eh, because then you're constantly working a little harder. Oh, I think I can get them. And that's the one where you look down and you go, whoof, I'm at 42 minutes. And in my 45, like 4501, I'm done. Yeah. So there are times when 45 minutes feels like 50. I mean, it feels like way more. And there's yeah. times, obviously, when it feels like much less. Okay, how about after the show? You guys, are you, is it one of those things where you feel like you have to hang out with the comics after or do you feel like no. you can because you guys live here yeah so is it something that it's socially appropriate to be like peace and just go straight home no matter what or do you feel like you should be listening to the other sets or- i mean i think that also has to deal with uh where you're at in the scene and stuff like uh, uh well speaking for myself but uh brian's one of the guys i kind of respected for this too i mean mary guy where it's like a lot of people it seems like in the comedy scene are just really enjoy the hang they get caught yeah. up in all the 
local drama. So they stick around till 2 a.m. Then they go to the after party and then do who knows what. And then <laughs> stuff happens where it's almost like, and I have a perfect out being the step grandpa now. Where I'm like, hey, sorry, I got a babysit in the morning. Peace out. Listen. And it's like, I don't. And it, it it might seem a little cold or whatever, but it's also, I mean, I don't know who a lot of the new comics are. And if they stick around for three or four years and get hired at some clubs, then I'll meet you. Then we can, ha- then it's almost like you put in your time. You got tenure now. We can, we can hang out. Well, we're late, but if it's just someone brand new and uh, they have all this hope and energy and it's like, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need this right now. All the exhaustingness of the hope yeah. is so brutal. Everyone's so sure everything's going to work out. And we're, we've been in an for a while. We're like, yeah, I'll tell you how things are going to work out. <laughs> so yeah. I'm your future. You're shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, at this point, I'm, I'm 15 years in. So I'm basically the ghost of Christmas future for most comics in Minneapolis. Um, yeah. Do you ever feel emboldened enough to give them advice? Because, like, that could go either way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try not to give a lot of unsolicited advice just because I think it's kind of a jerk move. Yeah. But the, the most comics who are any good, new people, they it's more like they constantly ask you oh, for I advice. Bet, yeah. Which is fine. And, and so if someone asks me, I will absolutely tell them, you know. Okay, Robert, you are all weekend at Acme, 7 and 9.30. We put your link up on the show page at Lori Julia. Uh, check it out. Uh, yeah, you got to go check them. Instagrampa is your handle. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. <laughs>